Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. I uh, appreciate you being with us tonight. I think we got a good program. And uh, let me share some thoughts before we bring our guest on. Uh, Romans 10, 11 to 13, Paul wrote, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is a Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, Paul wrote, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. The question that has been in my mind for so many years that is this is true and as believers in god's eyes that we and we know this is true then why is there such a gap in our churches when when it comes to people of different cultures and different races people of different cultures and races work together we play together we do a lot of things together yet on sunday morning it is the most segregated time uh, in our lives few of us have friends that we associate with outside of work uh, from different uh, that are different from ourselves why is that? Well, today's program, I think we were going to address that to someone. We're going to discuss that and how Christians, as Christians, we can bridge that gap, I believe, within the Christian body. I am Mike Salen with Cape Fear Men, director of Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition that is located in southeastern North Carolina. It is our, uh, in our intentional conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministries, helping leaders and pastors understand how to reach uh, men in today's culture. I encourage you to text your friends and invite them to watch. I believe tonight's program is going to be very interesting as we discuss a topic that is often the elephant in the room, and for many, we are reluctant to discuss. And as we work through the program, feel free to ask questions through the comments, and we will be happy to answer as many as we can. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Elmo, Winter, Elmo Winters, the Reverend Elmo Winters. He's the founder and executive of, of Director of Kingdom group in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, Elmo, welcome to the program tonight. Thank you, Mike. It's our joy, our pleasure being here with you tonight. Good, good. Uh, before we get into our discussion, uh, let's just have a quick word of prayer, and then uh, I want to give a little bio of Elmo so you know who we're, who we're looking at and who we're talking about. So let's pray yeah. for a minute. So, Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for this time that uh, Elbow and I can spend together uh, here on, in this technology that you've given us the information on how to do. And we just ask you right now, Lord, that you will just uh, help us to be able to speak to men's lives that are listening in tonight and anyone else that may be listening in tonight, Father, and be able to share our feelings and our thoughts as we discuss this issue of bridging the gap between our cultures and our races. And I thank you very much. Thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Well, let me share a little bit about uh, Mr. Mr. Winters here. He, Like I said earlier, he is the founder and executive director of Kingdom Group International in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a nonprofit organization he started in 2014. He has been in ministry for over 43 years, serving as a church planner, senior pastor, uh, Bible school, Bible school teacher, short-term missionary, hospice chaplain, and a nonprofit and a nonprofit uh, uh, director, possessing a powerful love and passion for all people, regardless of ethnicity. Reverend Winters has actively shared the reconciling gospel of Christ throughout the world. He has planted churches, trained pastors in Russia, Kenya, Mexico, and the U.S. Reverend Winters, through the uh, 
teaching of God's word and his books growing by growing and overcoming racial and cultural barriers to disciple men has impacted many lives. He boldly addresses racism, reconciliation, global unity, and other related issues. He travels the world, training, teaching, speaking to churches, ministries, and, and men's groups on unity and reconciliation. He is married to Therese Winters, the president of the Kingdom Group, and they have three sons, two daughters, and nine children. Four years ago, Elman began Unity Breakfast, a ministry in response to racial tension as a result of a situation in the community. And recently, he's announced to take these uh, plans to take Unity Breakfast nationally in 2021. So, Elma, if you don't mind, share with our listeners a little bit of how you uh, how you got into this ministry and uh, and uh, how God called you and, and equipped you to do what you're doing now. Amen. Thank you so very much, Mike. I'll be glad to do so. Uh, I, I'm a uh, child of the '50s. I've grown in the um, up in the uh, the real segregated South. Uh, most of my life, all of my life, and uh, I've experienced a lot of the issues that we're seeing today firsthand. However, Mike, most people would not realize that uh, I originally surrendered to the Lord um, when I was uh, uh, 27 years old, and my focus was strictly on evangelism and leading people to Christ. And even through the work we're doing today, that still is a focus. That still is a goal. Uh, but we had a situation in our area in 2016 where a young man was shot and killed by a police officer during the arresting process. And that led our city to the unrest that you've seen throughout the nation. And we were kind of thrust into doing something uh, practical, doing something that would be effective to address the racial divide in our city. That's where we are today. Well, great. So, so how many how many groups? How often do you meet right now doing 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 these breakfasts? Well, we've been having these events virtually once a month, and prior to the time we were having them once a month, but we're having them in person. The virtual meetings have now caused us to look at expanding what we're doing locally into the nation. We're having people who are with us in the virtual meetings who are saying, I believe this is something we can do in our city. So that's what we're, we're doing at this time, putting the plans together to do this because again, Mike, it has been very, very effective, very successful, uh, the Men's Unity Breakfasts. Okay, very good. Um, we told, said something about you writing a book called uh, Overcoming Racial and Cultural Bear Cycle. Now, I got an opportunity to read this book before our, our meeting tonight or this or this program tonight. And, it, and it's a pretty easy read for anybody that wants to uh, get a copy of this book and do so. But there's a couple of things in there that I was kind of interested in uh, that you mentioned. Uh, one is that uh, in your introduction, you say it is crystal clear that we are the most splintered race of beings. Mm. Um, can you share a little bit about uh, your thoughts on that and what, what you mean? Yeah, well, first of all, we are one race. Uh, I, I want to make it clear to those who are listening and here viewing tonight that God only made one race. That's the human race. Now, mm -hmm. what we have done, we have managed to segregate ourselves, divide ourselves into these various things that we call races, which is not biblical. That's man-made. That's a, mm -hmm. a, a social construct that keeps us divided. So mm -hmm. that's what we have today. Every group 
today now wants to have their piece of the pie or have their own way of doing things. And all that does, Mike, is separate us more and more and more. So today we find ourselves, uh, we're divided in every way possible, not just political, not just racial, not just cultural, but denominational, gender-wise, uh, philosophy, you name it, we are divided. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with that. I tell you, I, it, it's, it's just amazing to me uh, as we go to church on Sunday mornings even and, and we just see people going to different going into different buildings and we're very um, rarely do you, do we see a good solid group there are some churches who are developing that multi-rational type atmosphere but there's very few they're very few I agree and I will say that my wife and I, we were part of a new church plant here in Baton Rouge that is multi-generational, uh, multi-ethnic, multicultural, uh, because mm -hmm. we believe that's what God wants us to do. Uh, Mike, I need to share this because it's a passion I have is that we need to recognize that God made us different. He made us different for a purpose, not that we would compete against one another, but that we might be complement to one another. And you and I are different, but we have decided we're going to focus on the one thing in our lives that really is important, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, it all starts with, uh, you've hit on this a little bit. It's, it all starts with relationship. We talked about the importance of having an important uh, relationship with Jesus Christ and mm -hmm. that intentional relationship. And, and even when we talk about discipling, um, mm -hmm. we talk about discipling each other, uh, that it's important to have that intentional relationship. Uh, a, a, um, uh, a common friend that you and I both have and that has gone on to be with the Lord now, Jeff Kasaya, mm -hmm. he used to talk mm -hmm. about all the time, be intentional, mm -hmm. be intentional with each other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes, it, you know, when you're dealing with people who are, you're different than you that can be mm -hmm. difficult sometimes how, mm -hmm. how do you how do you how do you rectify that well we're human beings so it's normal for us to want to stay in our comfort zones our comfort zones are those places where we're with people who look like us think like us act like us uh, mm -hmm. they're our so-called races but what we have to do mike is determine within ourselves that I'm going to reach across the aisle, I'm going to go across the, the track, I'm going to go across whatever lines there are and stick my hand out and meet someone mm -hmm. and allow them to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how you can avoid doing this if truly you have the love of Jesus Christ because that love does not see any particular race or color of people. It's for everyone. So we have to focus on that and not be afraid not be fearful that we may be rejected uh, and often or sometimes we are but what's important is what you and i have done we've come together we'll start to build a relationship around the fact that we are both children of god amen amen well tell me tell us a little bit about a unity breakfast how does a a, a morning of a unity breakfast uh, process how, how does that go from start to finish well, one of the things that we have been uh, promoting and talking about of late is if you want to bring a bunch of guys together, 
what you need to do is get some bacon. Guys will travel and go <laughs> everywhere to get some bacon. So get some bacon. And uh, we found out that, you know, when people sit together, uh, Mike, and have a meal, a lot of the barriers in the walls start to come down. So the unity breakfast actually starts off with a time of fellowship, guys just kind of gathering, having a cup of coffee, meeting and greeting one another. And then mm -hmm. once we start with a time of prayer, devotional time, and some words of greetings from the host church, our host pastor, we introduce a topic that will be uh, chief discussed that day. And once that introduction is made, we break the guys up into table groups or with the Zoom meetings, we put them in Zoom rooms and we try to make sure these groups are all diverse. Uh, I often say and tell people I'm raw at these meetings. I say exactly what we need to hear. We don't want an all black table. We don't want an all white table, all Hispanic table. We want people to be diverse in every table so we can get the biggest benefit of coming together. And for about 30 to 40 minutes, men are allowed to tell their story. They're allowed to listen to others and discuss the topic. And then we come back together and we close out. And then, Mike, I must say that that is simply the beginning because the goal is for those men to get contact information so that in the interim 30 days, they will have an opportunity to speak with guys at their table, pray with guys at their table, continue the discussions that they started at the table. That's what makes it so effective. Well, you know, I've participated in a few of the uh, the uh, virtual unity preferences that you have had since uh, COVID has began. Mm -hmm. And um, and I have to admit that it's been very, uh, very rewarding, very interesting in, in the in, uh, uh, in what we do. And of course, I've met some guys from, from around the country that I otherwise would not have met from different mm -hmm. backgrounds, uh, different cultures. And, and it's been very interesting. And one of the things I like about what you do is that you send out a, um, uh, an email, if you will, yes. uh, within a few days of, of that, of that with those who were in your breakout session on that virtual conference. Uh, mm -hmm. so you can stay in contact with each other throughout the, throughout the, um, and uh, I think that's pretty interesting. So, uh, so what kind of response have you gotten from 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 that? We are getting really high marks for doing that. We are trying to make people understand that we are not a one and done type of event. You cannot have one of these events and say, "Okay, we did our part." What causes change to happen is consistency, and we ask us to consistently uh, come to the meetings, uh, make the phone calls send a text to someone. If you don't want to talk, send a text, send an email because you get a complete <clears throat> contact information on everyone at your table. So you can send a prayer. You can call a guy up and say, let's pray together. And we design these meetings so that the questions that they're given, they cannot complete those questions. So there is a need to continue the discussions. And uh, it's just a very simple program, a process that has worked beautifully beautifully for us well that's good because you know one of the things that uh you know I'm, I, I grew up here in North Carolina I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a North Carolina born and bred 
everybody, you know, that down here in the southeast area of North Carolina and, and uh, not really uh, done a lot of traveling per se. Not like you. You've been all over the world. And uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, <laughs> but some, sometimes we sit back and we think about we 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 think about our own little area of the world, mm-hmm. our culture, and the way we do things, and and then we don't understand why people say the Southerners don't understand why the Northerners do things the way they mm-hmm. do, or the Westerners do things the way they do, and and even within our own even within our own races, we mm-hmm. we, we don't understand that. And the only way you can you can uh, uh, break that barrier, so to speak, is mm-hmm. by talking to each other. And Absolutely. we have to have that method uh, to talk to each other. What we actually advertise our men's unity breakfast as, Mike, it's a place to come and listen and to be heard. So mm-hmm. first of all, we, we try to gear people up to come and be open-minded, uh, to be willing to listen to the other guy who doesn't look like you. His culture is different. Uh, his family is different. His race is different. Just listen, and then you earn the opportunity to share your story. And it's, it's just remarkable when we start to talk to each other and listen to one another and talk over each other, how, again, the barriers start to come down. And Amen. Uh, that's wonderful. Amen. You know, um, a few months ago, I, uh, I have a pastor friend here in the Wilmington area um, uh, African American who's uh, serving in one of the local uh, churches who are going, who are trying, doing their best, and I think they're doing a fairly good job of, of crossing that racial uh, barrier, so to speak, bringing that cap together. And um, I mean, he and I were talking, and one of the one of the books that I had recently read uh, by Tony Evans, uh, which was uh, I believe it's called Embrace Oneness. And that really opened my eyes up. Have you read that book? Do you, are you I, familiar with that book? I have uh, seen the book, start reading it, have not finished reading it. Yet. <laughs> but yeah. for me, for me as a white guy, mm-hmm. that really, really helped me understand a lot of the African American culture and why did because mm-hmm. you know one of the things you know I'll be honest with you, I'll be I'll be very honest with you. One of the things mm-hmm. that that uh, you know you hear people talk about a lot of times is. Why, why, why does the African-American folks have church all day long? You know, why do they feel like they got to dress to the nines? Why do they feel mm-hmm. like uh, they have to call each other uh, by their positional name in the church? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be uh, just brother or sister or bishop so-and-so or pastor mm-hmm. so-and-so and things of that mm-hmm. nature, or deacon so-and-so. But yet mm-hmm. that book helped me to understand that. And, 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 yes. and I, think, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we need to have these conversations is so Absolutely. we can so we can get, uh, begin to understand where each of us come from. What's your thoughts Amen. on that? Well, I, I agree totally with you, Mike. Uh, we teach in our workshops um, a series on uh, living undivided, and the first step we talk about is this thing that is. I mean, most people don't want to admit it, but we're ignorant when it comes to one another. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about ignorant as if you are a dummy. But I'm talking about there are blind spots. There yeah. are things that we have learned our whole life about other people based on myths, based on stereotypes, and based on all our lies that people have told us. And then when you sit with someone that you've heard all these things about, and you start to hear their story, and you start to listen to what they're saying, 
it melts away uh, this these blind spots because you really start to see people differently. What we must learn to do, Mike, we must learn to come together and have these conversations, have what we also call dynamic dialogue. We have mm -hmm. to have it where uh, we just, you know, we just put everything out on the table. Uh, we've had men at our uh, breakfast who have shared that they were taught that, uh, uh, you know, you don't have anything to do with them because they're not, they're, they're not like us. Uh, we've had men of color said, I've been taught I cannot trust white men. I cannot trust white people uh, and so on. And what we do is put them in an environment where these things can be openly, honestly said. People hear them and then we start to deal with these misconceptions that we often have. Yep. Yep. I agree. I just want to remind our viewers as they're watching tonight, um, if they uh, have a comment that they would like to uh, address or ask uh, Elmo or myself uh, or both of us a question, feel free to do that through your comment section and it should come through our system. I hope it will anyway. Uh, we're, we're broadcasting this on Facebook Live and also through a YouTube channel. So it, uh, so if you do have a question, don't hesitate to give uh, write, write in the comment sections of whichever social media you're right listening to. And uh, it should come through our system and we'll be able to pick it up. We'll be glad to answer them uh, as we can. So, but anyway, well, Elmo, you uh, mentioned uh, to me earlier in the year that you were uh, wanting to take this Unity Breakfast nationally. What's your plan? What's your plan well, on that? We have uh, connected with uh, at least one other ministry, Erase Race, out of Houston, Texas. This is Carlin Charleston. And uh, his ministry works by mobilizing themselves across the nation. They visit so many cities uh, every year with the purpose of just um, trying to do, a, do away with this false narrative of race. And uh, he, he and I connected, he's been to our meetings. He loves his whole concept. And he, we met back a few months ago and decided maybe it's time to nationalize. Maybe it's time to go to California, go to North Carolina, go to South Carolina, go to Florida, go to Texas. And then people start to ask us, tell us more about what you're doing. And as we shared it with them, the light went off many times that made them understand, you know, this is something we might want to try doing. Uh, we can't promise you that it will work, but we know that with us in the past three and a half, nearly four years, Mike, we're seeing 60 plus percent change in people, their attitudes, their thought processes, uh, their willingness to start developing relationships with others. So we believe that God is doing something through the Men's Unity Breakfasts. And we thank God for that. Yeah. Do you have any locations right now that you're seeing that this uh, may take off after the first of the year? Any, any? Well, we still are operating here in Louisiana. In fact, last weekend we had uh, our very first uh, live event since February in South Louisiana, in Homa, Louisiana. A tremendous uh, response. Uh, we are thankful that we saw five separate people groups. That's what the expression we use often instead of race. We saw five different people groups there, and we saw three generations of young men. So we are, we're, we're believing God that 
that area will start having their own about once every two months. Uh, we are looking at going into Texas uh, very shortly as a group is being developed there. Uh, we're looking at uh, perhaps North Carolina. We believe that God is, is pricking the hearts of some people there. We also believe in God that Virginia, uh, we have a dear friend there who he has really taken off and is right now forming his own core group to start having uh, some meetings in that area. So we are not sure where, but we do know the first of the year, uh, Brother Carlin will start to move into these areas with our material, promoting what we're doing. And uh, I'm right now just kind of, uh, I'm like a, a expectant father. I know that this thing is going to blossom. <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you what, I, I, it's pricked my heart. I will, I will admit that, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens here in, in in North Carolina. Got a question that's come through, and I think this okay. is going to be up your alley, not mine. Okay. And I'm going to put it up on the screen so we okay. can see. It's from Larry Craig. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to know what is your knowledge of views of critical race theory and intersectionality. All right. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the uh, last concept, but the critical race theory I have become knowledgeable of of late because uh, it's come up several times in our breakfasts. Uh, my knowledge of it is I do not believe that it is a powerful force in place. I believe that there's a possibility that in some sections, in some areas, that there have been people who have deliberately done things uh, that have been done so to hinder or hold back people because the critical race theory talks about how in the areas of law enforcement, uh, education, uh, the um, commerce and business section, that there is a system in place. There is a system in place that is deliberately there to hold people of color back. Mm -hmm. Mike, uh, I, I I don't agree with that. Again, as I said a moment ago, I believe there may be pockets of this, but if you heard my background, where I've come from, um, in the deep south, I have always managed to excel in whatever area I've worked in. And I know countless of other people of color who will say the same thing. Okay. Well, let me ask you, in, in, uh, we talk a little bit about the, uh, the tension that is going on between the races and the law enforcement and things of that nature. Uh, do you see that gap, uh, Unity Breakfast, helping to close that gap a little bit through the men that attend that? I absolutely do see that for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, uh, we are hopeful that we can get law enforcement involved even more so with what we're doing. Uh, we've been working on our Baton Rouge Police Department here indirectly to try to get them to start hosting some of these events. And I believe that would be a, a tremendous way to reach out, okay? Also, uh, we believe that uh, as we get more of our younger men in, younger African-Americans in with the older guys, we will see more of a understanding of the respect for authority and not so much to challenge that authority. And uh, we're, we're working with another organization uh, where it's uh, 
primarily young African-American guys mm -hmm. that we're trying to help mature and help them understand. Our goal is to bring the law enforcement personnel into what we're doing. We want them to be visible. We want them to be actively involved to promote what we're doing so people can see that they're on board with this as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited about what the future holds there. Great. Uh, that, that's, that, that is so good. And I know there's so many people that's got, it's such a hot topic and, and uh, hot button, I will even say. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> you, you know, Mike, I, on that, on, not to cut you up, but on that subject, I need to say, I truly believe that there are some bad apples in law enforcement. But okay. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the majority of the law enforcement people, especially those I know, these are great guys. And it hurts them every time we see a George Floyd situation or one of the other ones that we've seen so publicly. Uh, it, it, it tears them up. And it's, it's not uh, something that you can paint all of them with a broad brush. But I'm teaching young people. I taught my three daughters how to respect law enforcement and not to give them any reason whatsoever to cause you not to be able to come home. That's what I've taught them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. That, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. And I agree with you. I think in every people group, I'll put it out by regard, you know, regardless of where they're at, mm -hmm. uh, you've got your good guys and you got your bad guys. And unfortunately mm -hmm. the bad guys are the ones that seems to get all the publicity. Absolutely. Makes everybody else. Looks Absolutely. Bad. And, uh, and usually there are a very, very small number. Of them. Yes. So, so that's, that's super. But there's um, work to be done. Yeah. Yeah. There's much work to be done. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, uh, let me I'll try to thank, I'm just encouraging people to continue to put, give, uh, send in a question or, or a comment. We'd be glad to, uh, to address it. But as we're waiting for those, some of those to come in, um, how would one get a, a unity breakfast started in their in their neighborhood or in their community, I should say? Great question. We pride ourselves on our website, um, kingdomgroup.co, and we encourage people to go to the website, learn about our history, learn about what we do, how we do it. And then we ask people, if you are interested, uh, let us know. Contact me. My email address is very simple. Elmo at kingdomgroup.co and express an interest. And then I will start to share with you. Uh, we have a, a packet that we generally uh, mail out or send out to people explaining the ins and outs, exactly what's required. And it's simple. I mean, Mike, what we do, and I was thinking about this today. I wish I could tell you it's it's something so phenomenal that you got to be a rocket scientist to do this. But what we do is so very simple. And if a, a, a core group of four to six leaders, ministry leaders, uh, uh, area leaders, uh, community leaders would get together and form a core group, then we could work with that. And we ask people to commit to have at least 12 meetings and have once a month, once every two months. But we do know that you need to have more than two or three or four. You need to have at least 12 and just follow the guidelines that we have in place. And we can almost assure you that you will start to see some changes. Now, if I wanted to start part of you to do this and, and it happens, 
or what what do I, what would I need to do? How would I reach out to uh, to to people in the community and say and develop that core group that I need to have? Well, what we suggest is that you start with a group of of familiar people, those that you know, uh, particularly sometime in ministry. Uh, I would I would suggest that it be a diverse group. I mean, if you're going to have a group of six, let's say you try your best to get uh, some people of Hispanic uh, 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 culture there, uh, African-American and Caucasian and maybe Asian if you can, uh, to get them there and make up that group. And that group needs to be solid enough to the point where initially they are praying together for unity. It's important that they don't, they don't all have to be pastors. In fact, I suggest that if you could get uh, some of your men's leaders in the churches, it would be better. Uh, but the goal here is bring together, I would believe a minimum of four to six guys. And um, we would meet with them just as you and I are meeting now and talk about the specifics of putting on the breakfast. And uh, we're even willing to come to wherever they are to assist in in this endeavor because we believe it works we want to see it spread and we believe it is a will of god that we come together yeah so um this core group they shouldn't meet should would, would you say it was okay or would you recommend them waiting a few months as they come together and they spend time together uh getting to know each other and maybe pray and and work together before they launch out as a community-wide unity uh breakfast group you know I believe it's a month, two months together or something like that. I believe it'd be good to spend uh, probably a month or so together, uh, maybe meeting once a week to pray. And at some point, maybe it's in your second or third meeting that you set up a meeting virtually with myself and we can walk through it and talk about and kind of address some of the issues, some of the concerns. Um, you know, when we first started this, Mike, I, I was just overwhelmed. The very first meeting we had in February 2017, we met in a small fellowship hall in a church. And I was overwhelmed because the place was too small. I mean, the guys came from everywhere, which indicated to me that there are people who want to come together and be unified. So uh, I think it's important that we bring the leaders together Maybe a couple of weeks you guys pray and you talk. Or if you want to start off with a meeting with me, that would be great. But I think it's important that you start off with a meeting with us and, um, you know, uh, wait a couple of weeks and then have a meeting. And then I can kind of direct you on how we should go about doing this. Okay. Got another uh, comment. Somebody else wants to talk a little bit about critical race theory here. Let me, let me throw it up there, Mr. Okay. Mr. Okay. Uh, Stan Budd. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he said he heard your answer on the critical race theory, and I and I also have heard Fadi Balkum uh, mm. say similar things. Do you believe mm -hmm. your voice is being heard, and if not, why? Great. First of all, I am blessed to know that I'm on the same page as Fadi Balkum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even often think I'm in the same place where he is but <laughs> he and i believe alike and i believe that our voice i believe our voices are being heard now maybe the troubling part of this is our voice may not be being heard enough in the african-american community um mike i am just convinced 
that the word of God is so powerful that it doesn't matter what your color is. I believe in the scripture that tells us that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Not as a black person, not as a white person. I just believe that if God be for us, who can be against us. And Mike, I have been in some racially charged um, uh, situations where there were people who told me I would never succeed. I, that I would never rise up in, in every instant. I know that's not the case with everybody. But I'm convinced that as a man of God, a woman of God, that the Lord's on our side and he will promote us. He will cause us to rise to the top. And we have to have that attitude and learn to love those people, Mike, who mm -hmm. do their best to hold us down and hold us back. Mm, amen. Amen. And I'll, I'll, I'll say you that the, uh, the individual that, uh, uh, posed that question, just responded by saying, amen, also. So. Amen. <laughs> what a blessing. Because I, I have people, sometimes I have people say to me, say, well, see, that's what the case was with you, but that doesn't happen to everyone. Mike, my, my first 20-some um, years after marriage, and I was in ministry, I was in the chemical industry in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's a very racially charged area to work in where there are people that will do things that will uh, do whatever they can to hold you back. But Mike, I just excelled. And I was pastoring a church. I was traveling the world. Uh, I was a non-degree uh, chemist at a chemical plant. And uh, God just got open doors. He did it. It wasn't me. I'm not that smart. I don't, you know, but I'm saying that if a person is determined to not let anything stop them and to know that God has made them a success. None of that stuff will be successful against them any length of time. Yeah, man, uh, that's true. You know, the scriptures is, you know, I read a couple of scriptures at the beginning of the program talking about uh, we're, we're, we, we may be different, but we're all the same in Christ. Amen. And Peter and, and uh, Paul spoke a lot about that in their mm -hmm. letters, uh, mm -hmm. talking about the diversity. And even when Peter was called uh, mm -hmm. to go to the Gentiles, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned it in your book. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, I believe, in, you know, Cornelius and yes. the chapter 10. Uh, mm -hmm. Where he he saw the vision, and 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 so many of us, I think we uh, we we haven't caught that vision yet. We haven't caught that same vision uh, yeah. uh, on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, as you like, like to talk about, uh, and that we, and that we need to, and yes. uh, because we want to change. I want to change you, Elmo, to be like me. You know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, in our book, that's one thing we, we talk about as well in the book, Overcoming Racial and Cultural uh, 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 Barriers to Disciple Men. We talk about embracing the differences. Mike, I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be Mike. OK, yep. I want to be Elmo. I want us to come together with our different cultures and bless one another. OK, uh, in, in I mean, just compliment one another. That's what God has put us here to do. And that story about Peter, we use that in that uh, Living Undivided series. That's the, the, the scripture we use. And Peter was a bigot. I mean, he was a bigot. If he wasn't Jewish, he didn't have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. But God taught him that you don't call anything uh, unclean that he's made. And that man's heart was changed right there in the word of God. 
Such is the case with all of us. If we will allow God to do it in our lives, he will. Amen. Well, let me let me touch on something that um, may be a little bit um, touchy to some people. You know, in a lot of our churches, we talk about the fact of being um, inter, intergener, intergenerational and interracial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy for us to, to speak towards intergenerational. Uh, but a lot of times when we speak interracially about making our churches more interracial, mm-hmm. um, we talk a lot about it, but we very rarely walk the walk, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of uh, various reasons, mm-hmm. and uh, and and sometimes you have situations that where people just don't want to integrate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I answer that? How do I deal with that when when I come across that personally? Well, I, I believe we need to make people understand uh, that that does not please God because God wants us to be together. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to John seventeen twenty one. I don't know if we brought it up, but I want to go to that for a second. And when Jesus prayed this special prayer for those who were present, and then he said he's also was praying for those who would be saved because of those, those who were present in their word. Uh, he prayed the prayer that we all would be one. And he ended the prayer by saying, so that the world will know that God has sent him. When we're able to come together with our differences, our different cultures, our different ethnicities, Mike, it speaks volumes to the world. It says to the world that, you know, those people are one there and they're all different, but they're one. It speaks volumes that truly God must be in the midst of them. And I pray for anybody who would say that uh, we don't want that here. Uh, we can't have that here. I just don't believe that they're following the things of God. The word of God makes it clear. There is no Jew, a Gentile in the Lord. Uh, there is no bond and no slave in the Lord. Mm-hmm. We're all one. Amen. Amen. And I totally agree with you on that, brother. I wish we'd see more of it. I tell you, when, when um, it's amazing when uh, you're you're involved with the Iron Sharpens Iron Network System too, and, and uh, when we gather together as Iron Sharpens Iron leaders up in uh, the, the last few years up at uh, Louisville uh-huh. uh, for our annual conference, we didn't wasn't able to do it this past year because of COVID. Uh-huh. But uh, when we do that, I mean, we're all from different different. Uh, backgrounds and different mm-hmm. races, different cultures, different, and, and yet we we come in there and to work together as one. Amen. And I wish it, I wish that uh, uh, our churches as a whole would see uh, see how uh, see how all that works and, and, and accept it themselves. It's, Amen. it's just amazing to watch how God works. You know. Amen. Uh, Amen. So, anyway. What the, what kind of last words you may have for us uh, as we're well, coming up? I'm going to just give you free realm here, uh, whatever you want to say. Well, I wanted to say that I think it's so very sad with the church being as divided as it is that we've allowed our enemy, our common enemy too, Satan, to use God's word against us. I usually say this when I get an opportunity. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, 24, 25, Jesus talked about a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand cannot survive. He says a house divided against itself cannot stand. A family that fights and that's so divided will soon come to nothing. Mm -hmm. And the church, Mike, today has lost a lot of its power and 
influence in the world because we're so divided. And instead of following the writings of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where it says we're supposed to uh, not uh, be conformed to this world, but that we should be, uh, we should have a renewed mind. And that's part of our vision. Our vision is all about changed hearts and renewed minds, building one community. And I'm just convinced that we need to get back to God's word and become God's church and stop being so political or politically correct and stop being so much like the world and be a force for the world to reckon with. Amen. Um, Somebody else, I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but uh, somebody just uh, posted up here. He didn't want to get political, and he's not being political, really, mm -hmm. uh, in the question, because it is a, a, a question that we need to to uh, ask ourselves, and that is how do we unify our, our nation? And uh, and mm -hmm. I will address, I'll let you address that, but one of the things I'll address that is, mm -hmm. is uh, the unification of our nation between the culture groups and the uh, racial racial groups has to begin within our churches. Absolutely. Must begin within churches. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and what I was alluding to earlier is that when we see a lot of pastors on both sides of the culture, basically, speaking mm -hmm. to the fact that we need to be more diverse. Mm -hmm. It has to, it has to start even with them when they begin to look at their staff. And, Amen. Uh, Good. Uh, because if your staff is not diverse, you cannot mm -hmm. expect your congregation to be diverse either. You may get a little bit, but yeah. it won't last. Amen. And, uh, and so, so what's your thoughts on that too? Well, one of the saddest statements I've heard of late, I'm hearing it a lot now, is that there are people, both prominent and regular citizens, who are saying that, well, now this next administration is going to help us get more unified, bring us back together, and we're going to be one people. That will never happen in the political arena. That can only happen with us believers. And what the church must do, Mike, in these days, we need to set the example we need to set the stage for what god wants the world to be like and stop letting the world dictate to us that's all i can say on that because i don't uh, we don't deal with politics a lot but we do make it clear that um you know the person on the throne is more important than the person in the white house mm. amen okay amen amen uh got another comment here as we start to close out here okay. um i'm just going to read he, he actually uh, mentioned a scripture it comes out of Second Corinthians chapter five verses eighteen and nineteen. I'm going to read that here for you in a minute. Okay. But he's talking about uh, you and Elmo and Vaudi are, are blessings from God and great encouragers of stressful times. So giving you giving you kudos Amen. there and, and speaking uh, uh, volumes uh, to uh, reconciliation. And what that scripture says in chapter five of Second Corinthians, and I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. It okay. says, everything, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Amen. Amen. Very Amen. powerful verse of scripture there because it is one I've often quoted as well. Mike, we had to, first of all, be reconciled with God. 
That's more important mm-hmm. than anything else. That's why, again, I'm not looking to Washington. I'm not looking to the pol- uh, politicians. Uh, I'm not even looking to preachers per se. I'm looking to us as individual reconciling ourselves with God. Once that's done, then we're in the perfect position to go about with the ministry of reconciliation. I'm doing this today, Mike, because God has blessed me to allow me to reconcile with him. And, you know, because I was the worst of the worst. But I reconciled with him. Now I want to reconcile with my fellow man, my brothers and my sisters, uh, many of whom who do not look like me, do not think like me. But that's okay because I'm going to love them anyway. That's what's going on. Well, you're still going to have a unity breakfast, virtual unity breakfast in December. Is that correct? That's correct. We're going to have a virtual. Uh, and, and what I like to do is invite those who are in your audience to join us. It doesn't matter if you're in Alaska or in Spain or whatever. If you will go to uh, our website, you can register uh, again, uh, www.kingdomgroup.co. And for those of you who are really savvy, if you want to add a forward slash DEC 2020, it will take you to the registration page. Okay. Uh, www.kingdomgroup.co forward slash DEC 2020. It will take you directly to the registration page and you can get on board and experience one of these events for yourself and see how these guys just come together, enjoy one another um, and go into a meeting room and discuss openly how they feel. And it's a wonderful, beautiful thing that God is doing. Is that it? That's it, Mike. (laughs) It it has been my blessing to be here with you tonight. I thank you for this opportunity to share what God is doing. And uh, we just believe this is a part of the nationalizing of the Unity Breakfast. We're going to see more and more of these events come about in your area and throughout the nation. Thank well, you. well, I appreciate I appreciate you being with us tonight. I really do. I know. Uh, uh, thanks. Give us a quick before we look, uh, wrap things up uh, for viewers. Uh, your state has experienced uh, devastation this year through the hurricane session that season. I think about five hurricanes came into your yes. into your state in some mm-hmm. form or fashion. Uh, I know. Uh, I know some couple of teams that went down there. I have one guy tell me that. Uh, uh, that he was uh, involved in Hurricane Andrew when it mm-hmm. went through southern mm-hmm. uh, Miami many years ago. And he says the devastation he saw in Louisiana was as worse, if not worse, than what Andrew did in yeah. southern Florida. And uh, so how's recovery efforts going on down there? Well, the recovery efforts, uh, Mike, are going slow, but they are happening. One thing about being here in Louisiana, we are very resilient people. And we do know that there are people, because of the help of people like yourselves and others who have been here, who are going back, especially in the Lake Charles area, going to their homes. They're reconstructing. uh, They are tearing out walls and doing those type of things where they can. However, I do know that they are quite many people, I don't know the numbers or percentages, who have had to relocate to Baton Rouge. Some of them have been placed in apartments. Some of them are waiting on federal assistance. But things are very slowly starting to turn around. Uh, electricity has been restored to most of that area. That was a big thing. And um, so I we asked people across the nation to continue to pray for those who've been affected by the hurricane and those who continue to assist. We thank you so very much. 
Yeah, correct. Uh, did have somebody come through. I don't think we mentioned what the date is of that Unity Breakfast in December. Sorry about that. That's a good point. December the 12th. It is the uh, second Saturday of December. We're trying to get this done before the Christmas holiday. So December the 12th, it starts at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. And um, generally, we'll be finishing about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. It doesn't take long when you have it virtually, you know. And, yeah. So those of you who are in North Carolina or on the Eastern Coast, that would be 9.30 our time, okay? Yes, yes. And we, <laughs> we invite you. In fact, if you register and you come, I want to know that you were on this uh, event tonight and that you decided to just join us and see what it's all about. Uh, we have some wonderful people working with us. And um, all I can say is come and see what God is doing. Amen. Amen. And I do appreciate Elmo being with us tonight. And, uh, and I, for the information he's, he's uh, provided, I think a lot of, a lot of stuff there that we need to digest uh, over the coming days and so forth. And like uh, Elmo said, if you'd like to know more about the Unity Breakfast, go to, go to the website, kingdomgroup.co. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, be sure that's just CO. Don't put the M on the end of it. I no. do that all the time. <laughs> and so be careful with that. Yeah. And uh, and you can find more information about his ministry and Unity Breakfast. Next month is Christmas. We will not have our normal program next month. Mm -hmm. Instead, I will share a message of the Christmas story uh, as, from the eyes as a scene from the shepherds. So, uh, so be looking for that uh, during the month. And in case you missed something and would like to review what was said tonight, tonight's conversation will be available on the Cape Fear Men website uh, in, in, in the coming days. And you can find that uh at capefearmen.net. You can go there to look at that and you'll be able to see that. And if you did enjoy the program tonight, I want to encourage you to uh, think seriously about donating to the to the ministry of Cape Fear Men. You can once again go to that website, capefearmen.net, and click on the donate, bu donate button to do that. Or you can actually also text Cape to 50155 uh, to uh, be able to donate from that time. We are a 501c3 organization. We are tax deductible. And I thank you in advance. If you've got any questions, don't hesitate to email us at, at capefearmen.gmail.com. And we'll be glad to uh, answer any questions that you may have. Again, I thank Elmo for, for being with us. I know he's a busy guy, and it's hard sometimes to get him on the phone. But he, uh, <laughs> Amen. Amen. He, he, he's a joy to talk to, and you will look. So let's finish up with a word of prayer, if you don't mind, and, uh, and, and as we close out the night. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank, thank you for you. Elmo. I ask you that you will continue to use him mightily, especially in this area of racial reconciliation, these unity breakfasts as they go national. And God, I just pray that you will prick men's hearts yes. to understand the need for us to to uh, work on on the gaps in our churches dealing yes. with cultural differences, Father. Yes. And I just yes. thank you for all that you're doing in in your name. Amen. And amen. 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 Thank you, Mike, well, for this opportunity. Thank you. Hey, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, um, you know, an old friend uh, we mentioned him earlier in the program. An old friend used to every time he end a time with us, especially in prayer, he would make this statement. Uh, he would say, I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, he'd give <laughs> you a brook to drink from, and he'd mm -hmm. give you a tree to shake by. Hey, and, 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 and as he has mentored me, as I'm sure I know he mentored you, oh, that yeah. has stuck, mm -hmm. stuck with me, and I, yep. and I say that quite often these days myself yes. to people who yes. I talk to. Amen. So I pray that uh, God will give you that rock to stand, <laughs> that brook to drink from, and that tree yes. to show you by. 
Amen. And, uh, once again, I'm Mike Salen. Wish everybody in these days of COVID-19 that you have a great and happy Thanksgiving. Amen. And we'll see you next month. Amen. Bye-bye.